Hello and welcome everyone to episode 53 of the VGC Trainer School Podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session here in 2024. I'm Jake, and I'm joined today by two excellent co-hosts. Welcome back to Tim and John. We'll start with you, Tim. How's it going? Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. It's been going well. It has been a very busy last couple of weeks. Uh, we, or Labmouse, hit a thousand followers on Twitter slash X. We released the, uh, what people are considering, the official strongest soldier list for each Pokemon and we've got a new uh, page on the site to help people prep for Portland coming up. That's phenomenal. You're just continuing to do a lot of work on that. So what is the, what is the, what is the strongest soldier? What do you mean by that? So we used the uh, a modified version of the uh, point system used when uh, distributing points for tournaments and also apply to that to a modified version for unofficial tournaments. And we ran through every single team on Labmouse and said, hey, this person won uh, this tournament with Mousehold, so they get this set amount of points. And then they tally up every single total for every Pokemon and says, okay, who is the strongest soldier per Pokemon? That's really cool. So, so like you have like a, a full list basically of the when you say strongest soldier, like this this player is the like the like an expert essentially with this Pokemon because like they have the most points or something along those lines. Exactly. They cool. it's not necessarily the person that played it the most, but who consistently played with it and uh, received the highest amount of points. Very cool. Well, that sounds like fun. That's like a nice little twist on uh, on you know looking at stats in a way. Because it's like, you know, who who's who's doing big things with, you know, some interesting Pokemon. And also then like the more high, uh, you know, the uh, most used, you know, who has the most points with it is also interesting. It is absolutely for people's bragging rights. And <laughs> Riley Factura walked away with, I believe, seven. Wow. That's wild. Well, he's absolutely cleaning up. So certainly no surprise there. Well, cool. Uh, well, like I said, welcome back. And also welcome in John. Happy New Year to you as well, my friend. How are you doing? Happy New Year, boys. I am doing well. I spent the Christmas holiday with my folks uh, down in Texas and had a pretty uneventful uh, flight back. And now I'm home in the Midwest. So I've just been chilling for the past few days and getting ready for the uh, school year to start up again. And I've recently started playing Baldur's Gate 3 because <laughs> I've opened my year old box year and a half old box that had my steam deck in it so i've been enjoying some time away from obsessing over mons every day even though i'm still kind of keeping up with meta stuff here and there i gotta say i'm extremely extremely happy and i'm not gonna i'm not going to spoil anything but some of the messages that you have brought up today just made me very happy and laugh a little bit because i was like oh man i can't wait until he gets to the point in the storyline where this becomes significant and uh it's so i hope i i look forward to hearing updates from you on that because it's a hundred percent like one of, my, one of my favorite games of all time so <laughs> i you're gonna hate me for this i 
had to put the game down temporarily in September uh, due to uh, my wedding and work and, and <laughs> the launch of Lab Mouse and a whole bunch of other stuff. Is like, I don't have time for it, so I'm just going to put it down. I haven't come back to it yet, and I know for a fact that I'm like two fights away from the from completing it. Oh, my goodness. I... Yeah. Um... <laughs> well, That was me know. with Tears in the King of the Kingdom for probably over a year. I was a save away from uh, defeating Ganondorf. Wow. <laughs> I was just, you know, I was going to do all the shrines and stuff, and I just didn't get to it because I was like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I get that. I mean, sometimes like you reach a point where you're just like, I've had my fill of this, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm good. Uh, yep. But have you, uh, have you played any regulation F? Like, have you done any, you know, prepping or? Uh, oh, I have done tons of regulation Fing already. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, yeah, done tons of it. And I'm excited for the new format. It feels like there's actually like real diversity with stuff rather than uh, fake diversity that devolves into using the same five mods if you want to play the game. Mm-hmm. Instead, we have a, a cadre of like maybe 15 mods that are required on your team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is better than none, which is better than none. Yeah. It's been, it's been neat to see because like I've actually been playing some as well. And it's been, it's been really interesting to see like the compositions of the teams because yeah, it does feel like there is a lot that you have to account for. And it's like, I don't know if we're necessarily at the point where you say, okay, this team just folds to a given matchup but mm -hmm. it's uh it's it's pretty exciting to see what has happened in the early stages of the meta developing before we've had anything sort of official like what we're going to be having this weekend mm -hmm. you know? well we'll get to the uh actual tournaments in a second but i'll, I'll point out that in the Meldy's master tour dondozo uh Tatsugiri won again and it really seems like that combination always thrives in early meta because everyone's trying to prepare for all the new possibilities and they mm. just forget about Dondoso and then it just <laughs> comes in and <laughs> takes people surprise surprise yeah. yep because that's one of those things it's like you you pack haze at a given point or clear smog or whatever but then you stop and then you don't think about it again and then you, you're like oh my god I'm facing down this massive behemoth in front of me and it just, you know, earthquakes you to, to pieces mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but cool. I, uh, I real quick, I also, so in addition to playing a little bit of Regulation F and like completing the Blueberry you know, Prologue and or like the uh, Pokedex and whatnot, um, I have to say, I also finished reading this book that reminded me so heavily of the age old desire of Pokemon fans for Pokemon to be real. And it was this book I was reading called The Kingdom of Bones by James Rollins. And it's like it's like an action adventure book. And it was really good. But it basically it's like part of a series where this group of operatives go around the world to be able to solve problems. And the problem that they were facing was a disease that was spreading in Africa that was making people nearly catatonic where they were just like lifeless um they were still alive but they were slowly worsening and they weren't responding to anything like pain or pleasure or any sort of stimulus mm. but it was making the animals more intelligent and ferocious and if an animal was born from a parent that had the disease 
it came out with an evolution. So it's like an ant would hatch from an egg that had wings and a stinger when it, it normally would not. Or they found a jaguar with poison-tipped claws or like jackals that were twice their size. And I was like, these are fucking Pokemon. Like, and it's and they were destroying these people because they were like, you know, ravaging their camps and whatnot. And they had to figure out what, what was going on. And I was like, this is what would happen if Pokemon were real. Because like, yes. Arcanine or Growlithe or Eevee are super cute, but then you have Pokedex entries of like Drampa that would say, Oh, if its trainer gets bullied, it goes over to the bully's house and burns its house to the ground. So it's like, it was just very funny to read this and be like, Oh, that's like totally a Volcarona, <laughs> or like, Oh, that's yep. a poison type Lipard. Um, but uh, so that was it was kind of fun to read through that, and then it you know, it was a good book, so um, nice, but uh, yeah. But we are not here to, you know, to discuss book club. We are here to talk about Regulation F that is going to be coming probably here by the time you're listening to this. Honestly, we are recording on the 2nd of January. So in just a, an, a little like more than a day, we're going to be seeing that. So we have a lot to get into. We want to cover some news, of course, as we do always. But then we are going to look at some of the major tournaments that have been grassroots regulation F that have popped up over the last couple of weeks. Look through some of the statistics for usage to figure out what the meta might look like moving into Portland, because that will be the first official tournament utilizing the regulation F rule set. So it should be an exciting time because the first regional of a new format is always Interesting to see what comes up versus what we expect and certainly what we don't expect to happen. So let's get into the news. I'll start since I kind of already mentioned it. The Regulation F Ladder will be here live on January 4th on the Ranked Ladder. It allows for any and all non-restricted Pokemon from the from Paldea, Kitakami, and the Blueberry Academy. So that means the Walking Wake and Iron Leaves that have been banned this entire season since they first came out in those raid events are now viable and allowed in addition to the other uh past beasts and future swords of justice it's kind of unfortunate they're only one per save file considering raging bolt is so incredibly much like so much better than the rest of them honestly all of the past ones are better than the future ones except maybe iron crown but it's unfortunate that they are, I don't know, version exclusive or like even just one per file because it makes it more difficult to trade, you know? Facts. Yeah. But, yep. <laughs> but that's okay because if you don't happen to have access to one of those or haven't caught them all yet, might be a bit, might be a place to find them. John, second one, please. So the first set of Regulation F rental teams are available on Victory Road, which unfortunately the website isn't really working right now. But when it's back up, they'll have the rental teams for, for all of us. So there's a wide array of teams. So stuff like good stuff. So like Urshifu, Rillaboom, Incineroar, to Hard Trick Room. So like Hatterene and DD stuff to a bunch of other teams and more are on Victory Road VGC as well as a bunch of other random stuff on Twitter. Um, so if you're unsure about what you want to hit the ladder with this weekend, check them out and see what you think. Yeah, I was I was looking through those. I think what's cool is it's like 
if you are going into it and you're just like, I want to use a new Pokemon, there are certainly a bunch of like Archaludon or, you know, um, the new the new Paradox Pokemon that are all there that you can utilize. So if like you even looking forward to some of those blueberry Pokemon, you're able to check them out without needing to make the teams yourself. Mm -hmm. All right. This next one, please, Tim. Yeah. So the VGC World Cup has come to a close in a stunning 7-0 sweep. The UK team defeated Argentina to win the title for the crown. And only two of the seven games went to game three. So that was a truly impressive performance for the UK. Congratulations to them. That is, that's wild. I didn't get a chance to watch any of the the World Cup. I feel like it's streamed at a weird time, but... Do you guys happen to, to catch any of them or the teams or anything like that? No, unfortunately, I didn't really watch any of it. I uh, tried to keep an eye out, but yeah, as you said, it was just odd times and it was whenever I was busy. So, yeah, 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 I, I caught some of the games. It was more that I was keeping up with the um, with the teams rather than the but rather than the actual matches. Right. Um, but the fact that UK took it home with like, I think the majority of their team used like Farigarath plus Ursaluna stuff. I was just mm. like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Or, I, or it was either Farigarath plus Ursaluna or Farigarath plus Urshifu. I can't remember which, but it was one of the two. It was like Farigarath plus something else. And you're like, how on earth is this working? <laughs> but it was apparently. Yeah, that is, uh, that is pretty, that's pretty wild. Cause, and it's like now, you know, I feel like Farigarath is all over the place because of how much fake out and priority is in the is in the meta. So it's like seeing it now, and I mean it's a great it's a great pairing with mm -hmm. Ursaluna. So it's it makes it makes a ton of sense because you can you can run fast, you can run slow if you want want to re reverse it, you know. So mm -hmm. it's uh that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. And this last one is since the blueberry. Academy DLC is uh, is out and has been out for a little bit. The next unique format for an online VGC tournament has been announced. It is called the Blueberry Prologue. Now, this is a format where you'll be able to use any and all Pokemon from the regional decks from the Blueberry Academy, but only those. So you won't be able to use like I don't know, some of the Pokemon that have been in Kitakame or Paldea only. And you won't be able to use like Paldean Tauros, but you can use Cantonian Tauros because that's found running around in Blueberry Academy. Mm -hmm. The one that's surprising to me is you will be able to use Terrapagos, which is kind of wild because it, it reminds me of the Paldean prologue that they did mm -hmm. where you could use the uh, the Rhydon Legends. So it might be a little bit of a sneak peek as to what the restricted format might look like. Um, hopefully a year from now and like no sooner for um Terrapagos coming into into the meta. And that thing just seems weird. Like it has like so many abilities and so many forms and weird moves that it can use that are only that only work with that. It's I'm very curious to see how it all plays out. I really have no idea. It's one of those ones that right off the bat, people were looking at the stats and thinking this thing is going to be completely busted. But the more you're kind of looking at it and the fact that it's restricted to the Stellar Terra, which has kind of turned out to be very mid, it's like, uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> you're not wrong, but it, it's still funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's because uh, it seems like it. It's it definitely. I feel like it was considered bad in the beginning, but like now we're starting to see more Pokemon utilize it, like Chin Pao or um, Fluttermane is seeing some stellar type usage. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Because I'm sure that we're going to be seeing some stellar Terra or stellar Terra typing in Portland. I wouldn't be surprised. Alrighty, well that wraps up the news. So let's jump into the topic to, because we do have quite a bit to discuss. So at the beginning, we mentioned that we are going to be looking at some of the larger tournaments for Regulation F that have popped up on Limitless for uh, grassroots, you know, online competitions. Since we haven't had anything official yet, so we're going to look at some of these larger ones that have over a hundred participants and discuss some of the usage rates and the teams that have come out of it as a way to sort of identify what could we be seeing in Portland this coming weekend. So the ones that we have here are the Tommy Tuesday Christmas tournament that took place on the 28th of December. Then we have the VGC Trainer School tournament, which took place after right it was on it was like the, the 30th yeah yeah the 30th BGC okay trainer, yes 30th cool um then we also have the floor tour which popped up recently that occurred on the uh the second i guess it was just or it just wrapped up yesterday i believe yeah first of january yeah, yeah. Um, and then also the uh the hemi tour that occurred on the 20th of December. So there's quite a bit of stuff to get into um, all of it with, you know, quite like with over a hundred teams. So all very significant and potentially meta defining or at least meta shaping. Um, so we'll start with the, the Tommy's Tuesday Christmas one first, just because it was a, this was the best of one bring a Delibird team. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, correct. Well, okay. it was, it was best of one. You can bring a deli bird, and the top deli bird team gets fifty bucks and donates to Tots for Toys or whatever. So you didn't yeah. have to bring it, and right. a lot of people did not, but they were encouraged to. Yeah, and I think that that like that was cool because it it was there was like charity involved, and is also like oh here's a silly little you know Christmas themed holiday themed Pokemon that you can bring if you want. The top cut teams it didn't really it didn't really place. There were seven hundred and sixty eight teams, which is absolutely massive for the for the for the size of the tournament and only 68 had deli birds so it's not like it was you know it was less than 10 percent. it was eight percent usage mm -hmm. so it wasn't even that significant so this at least does give a, a pretty good uh insight to what the meta could be based on the pokemon that we see here the winning team darts went 14 and 0 it was pretty pretty wild they had a team of Entei, which is very popular right now. Uh, Ogre Pond Wellspring, Fluttermane, Raging Bolt, Chen Pao, Lando T. Top Usage, Insin, Fluttermane, Urshfu, Rapid Strike, Rillaboom. Uh, some of the, the teams that we had, but sort of, how do you guys want to attack this? We can look at like usage rates first. We can look at overall, um, overall teams and compositions. I'm open to do whatever you kind of want. I guess uh, first, I think it'd be uh, noteworthy to just give a shout out to 
Tom Hayden and his uh, team for being able to run this because they were running this uh, not during the day. It was on a Wednesday. So mm-hmm. ignore it. We're going to ignore this at Tommy's Tuesdays on a Wednesday. <laughs> but uh, it, he was running it uh, after, uh, like in an afternoon with the third largest uh, player count of the year, only behind two other uh, official tournaments. And it ran until. I think three or four a.m. So it's ridiculous. But uh, best of one was basically the only option for their uh, for the Swiss rounds, and then it was best of three for top sixteen. But it was just an absolute massive amount of work by them, and just got to give them credit for that. Absolutely, like that's that's massive, and it's just like a, a great story that they were able to put on, which is really cool. Do we want to just start by going over some of the Reg F mons and how they yeah. stood out? Yeah, let's do that. Yep. I think the when we think of Regev, we might be thinking of like new Pokemon, but I think Darts' team is a good uh way to show off that we both have new and returning mons that are making waves. Mm-hmm. Right? Because your Entei is kind of like a Dragonite because it's got interfocus and extreme speed. It actually has real attack, unlike Raikou and uh Suicune. But Sacred Fire is really important to get rid of all the steals, and you don't have to use a fire type with Intimidate to get through King Gambit, um, which can't, which has been a problem in past formats where you had Arcanine um, in regulation A through C, and then we had Hisui Arcanine regulation D, and then we have uh, Incineroar now, and you're like, I if I have my fire type, all of a sudden King Gambit is going to chunk me right and there's a lot a lot a lot of king gambit teams but entei is like bro i'm a fire type i'm gonna kill you and i'm not gonna intimidate you which i think is really really cool to see and that there's not just one entei team is that you see entei on just a few teams but it's usually paired up with chien pao so you still have that physical attacker with some priority options next to chien pao to power up those priority uh those physical attacks but then you also have raging bolts which is i think jake as you were saying like the new Pokemon that everyone wants from the DLC. And it's cool because it has a whole bunch of bulk and it has like a whole bunch of special attack. So you have this new priority sucker punch that's an electric special move. So all of a sudden now Urshifu has to be scared about clicking surging strikes into half your team because Mm -hmm. you could get Thunderclap to death. And if you're chipped at all, Thunderclap is going to take you down, even if you don't invest a whole lot of special attack into it. Like you can... I think it's like Thunderclap can be upwards of like 60% or something without a boosty, boosting item into like a fairly bulky Urshifu, which is nuts. And you don't even need to invest like all the way into special attack to make that happen. You could do like 100 special attack EVs modest and you're good. Right. Right. But you also have this really nice bolt beam coverage between Chien Pao's Ice Spinner or Icicle Crash and Thunderclap and Thunderbolt on Raging Bolt. So you now have three different priority mons, one of whom can hit you from the special end, to basically snipe all your stuff. And importantly, they don't have to waste turns with speed control. Right, That's always been an advantage of POW Knight teams, Mm -hmm. is that they never had to really worry about speed control because they can just snipe you at whatever priority they they want. And as long as they have a a matchup into Fergaraf, they don't need to waste all those turns with Tailwind. They don't need to waste those turns with Icy Winds. They don't need to waste their turns with Trick Room. Even though this team does have Icy Wind to set up KOs, it doesn't need it, which is really cool. Right. And then also, not only just Urshifu, but like 
tornadoes too. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that Raging Bolt really is the perfect tornershy counter that has been destroying teams for for you know for several weeks and months. It feels like you're able to just put this electric dragon right in front of both of those and. Like you said, you get priority and you also get resist to Bleak Wind Storm, which is really great because it's bulky enough to be able to just sit there. And it's one of those things that we've seen a bunch of different sets already come out on it, whether it's going to be Assault Vest or Safety Goggles or Calm Mind, Booster Energy, Leftovers. You can run it where it's like the full support, like it gets fully supported with, you know, Pollen Puff or Follow Me and Fake Out. Or you can run it where it's like switching out with... um you know, volt switch, and it's more of just like a like a, a bulky tank wall sort of thing. It's it's really cool because it gives you that special coverage. It gives you priority. It gives you a good trick room matchup if you want it. Kind of depending on how fast or slow the po- you know the, the other Pokemon are. It's it's a really really nicely designed Pokemon, and it's pretty and it's fairly well min max too with just insane insane stats. But yeah, also, I mean, looking at some, at some of those those other top usage Pokemon, Fluttermane coming back into prominence is kind of interesting because, yes, it's like always been there, but it's now jumping back up to usage rates that it was seeing in like regulation C and D because it kind of dipped a little bit in E, but with Tommy's with Tommy's at 54, Hemi's at 50, um, it was like upwards of 57 percent in some as well so it's like it's kind of starting to creep back into oh yeah this is perfect when there's so much fake out out there and it's just a a really strong pokemon and it's going back it's like flipping flip-flopping between choice specs and booster energy it's still a very very strong option that we're kind of going away from but are going back to now I mean, it's great against Incineroar being immune to Fake Out and being able to hit it really hard with Moonblast or Dazzling Gleam, as well as all the dragons that are now here with Raging Bolt, Walking Wake, and uh, Burning Bulwark. Uh, it's the the fairy coverage is very, very handy. And if Fluttermane and Landorus Incarnate is a ter- terrifying combo. So I think... Uh, the rise in Lando I is actually helping it a bit. And the rise in Latias as well, which is another returning oh. thing that has sh- has shown up all over the place. Robbie in third place in this tournament is running some variation of the team. He has uh, King Gambit, Latias, Lando Incarnate, Registeel, Fluttermane, and Ogrepan Wellspring. There had been another pace that traded out Registeel for Incineroar that had been going around, but it's like this Latias counter meta balance thing that's been going around but like Fluttermane has like you said Dazzling Gleam for Latios and Dazzling Gleam is going to chunk Lando Eye as well like let's not forget <laughs> Lando Eye's it, it, it's it's got some bulk it's not that got a whole lot of bulk so as much so Fluttermane is just a really good check again against a lot of both new and returning things Latios definitely feels like the regulation F Roaring Moon mm-hmm yeah, I'd agree. I mean, and for those that are unaware as why it's coming back, I mean, Levitate is just always it's always very good, obviously, because you get that ground immunity without having to necessarily have the the flying typing. And then you get, you know, Psychic, you get Dragon. Dragon always just a very good defensive typing, similar to Roaring Moon. But also it got that buff to its signature move in Mist Ball, increasing its base power to, is it 90 or 95? 95. 95. So it went up like 20 points, I think. 
mm-hmm. um, plus the the fifty percent chance to lower special attack. So it's able to handle the Landers incarnate that has come up with you know being immune to obviously its earth power and potentially start dropping its stats along with you know some of the other um, like flutter main or something like that because when you do have good special defensive bulk like Ladias does you're able to tear away from you know those weaknesses and start to just be a very good bulky option and it gets you know rocky helmet a lot of people have been running on it it can get uh was it roost or recover one of the two mm-hmm. um you can even run like a calm mindset if you want to so it's just it has a lot of a lot of options there whimsicott is kind of coming back i think but not really to the to the extent that i thought it would and i think that's just because mm-hmm. Tornadus Incarnate is just the premier Tailwind uh, priority setter, prankster setter, because of the fact that Tornadus got access to all weathers plus a buffed move in Bleak Wind Storm. It's something that Whimsicott just can't handle. It doesn't have a dark type to be able to at least, you know, not get taunted. Yes, it's faster and gets Encore, which is cool, but it's like, it all it gets sunny day, but so does Torn Eye. Plus, Torn Eye gets gets rain dance. Whimsicott does have Moonblast and and uh, Dazzling Gleam and Energy Ball and stuff like that. But it's like you don't really need those as much because Torn just only needs one damaging attack, and Flying's fairly neutral against everything. I think that there's still a place for for Whimsicott because I think the Fairy is just a, a very good typing. But I don't know. It just hasn't popped off the way that I kind of thought that it might. Yeah, it's interesting because if you're using Whimsicott, you're probably using it with Sunny Day. And I've just took a peek through some of the uh, better teams, and I'm noticing that a lot of times if you have Whimsicott, you also have Fluttermane. So it's not that you're picking one fairy or another, you're actually picking both. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought initially that Whimsicott was going to compete with the Fluttermane for a niche, but it's apparently it's like, like you said, Encore is a neat tool, but between all the fakeouts that are going around, between all the hard-hitting hits that Whimsicott actually needs to live, um, between all the choice-locked mods, it's not, it, it, Encore is not really getting you a whole lot of uh, value. And you're like, oh, well, if I'm not going to use Encore, <laughs> and if I'm going to use like Helping Hand or something, you, you're basically using a dead mod if, at, at that point if you're using half of its... Uh, niche support options and so you almost need that second fairy type to make up for how much whimsicott doesn't do which i i guess i never really thought thought about but you can't both be supporting and hitting stuff at the same time i think to build off of that one of the main arguments for running encore was oh it's faster than tornadus it can taunt tornadus to prevent tailwinds but uh <laughs> if we've learned that a lot of these teams, while it's uh, Tailwind is a nice benefit, it's not essential. We're not dealing mm-hmm. with super fast hyper offense. We're dealing with a lot more uh, balanced teams that uh, might like it, but don't necessarily mean it. Even if we look at Dart's team and he won, uh, the only speed control I believe he had was Scarf on Lando T and Icy Wind on Fluttermane with mm-hmm. uh with booster energy, which booster energy is another nice new tool that makes it less essential to get Tailwind up. Exactly. And you have, you know, probably at least a third of a given uh, person's team that just likes switching out in and out all the time, you know, between Scarf, U-Turn, Urshifu's, 
Rillaboom's Incense, Amoongus's, like, these guys are like, oh, cool, I'm on court. I wanted to switch out anyways. It's not, you're not actually making a lot of value in the match by using a really powerful move. And so you're like, why would I use this in the first place? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, it's it's requiring you to to make justifications or accommodations that Torn just doesn't really need you to. Exactly. Some of the other ones, uh, Metagross, you know, is kind of doing some things. It's kind of popping into that uh, on those Chen Pao teams, giving it priority with, uh, you know, steel coverage and also, you know, clear body is just is nice. And then being able to tear if you want to, but still kind of being weak to Incineroar isn't great. Oregon 2 is kind of popping up just a little bit here and there, but like nothing significant. Certainly not what it what it had been. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of the, there on like some more like balanced teams, I suppose. But uh, yeah, nothing, the, uh, nothing really. It's with Araquanid. I think it gets paired with more more frequently. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is that uh, I was looking in in past formats to see why Porygon Two is doing well, uh, and unfortunately, it was because Tapu Koko was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Tapu Koko, for those who don't know. Uh, sets electric terrain and right. most importantly prevents your grounded Pokemon from being asleep. So what you would do is you would, you know, lead Tapu Koko or use it as like an offensive pivot with Volt Switch at some point in the match. Set Trick Room and then you could actually set or a sweep with a Rockwinded and actually do damage with Porygon too during all of your turns of Trick Room rather than getting half your your team spored against Amoongus. Mm -hmm. And even though you know we look at this tournament and we look at uh, the other recent tournaments, even though Amoongus isn't everywhere, it's still pretty popular and it's still pretty powerful. And so these teams have an inherent, you know, I think they actually, they actually have a nice advantage into like these tailwind focused teams because you have a really strong water move into, in, into Incineroar and into Tornadus. You have ways to lock down Urshifu. You have ways to lock down Rillaboom. But then the priority span teams and then the Amoongus teams, especially when they're paired together, you're just like, I can't, I'm making, I, nothing's happening, <laughs> right? My rock one is supposed to move first, but you just killed it with an Entei. Like the, it, nothing's getting done. So I think people are trying to use the core. It's just not getting super high, super consistently because they don't know how to deal with these more oppressive teams right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what are some of those impressive teams, Tim? What are some of the uh, the cores that are popping up based on usage rates? Well, let's take a look. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, there's a new top teams page on Labmos, which it pulls up the, uh, it gets the compositions of teams for uh, groups of four, five, and six, and uses a scoring mechanism that I implemented to uh, determine the top teams of the last two weeks. So if we are just looking at that, the number one team of six is Ogrepan Wellspring, uh, Latias, Land Landorus Incarnate, Incineroar, King Gambit, and Flutterbane. And shortly just behind that one is a surprisingly very different team. It's <laughs> Uh, Tornadus, uh, Landorus Incarnate, Incineroar, Fluttermane, Rillaboom, and Urshifu Rapid Strike. 
And we actually see an almost identical team in fourth with Raging Bolt rather than uh, Landorus Incarnate. And so that people know, these aren't necessarily the teams with like the highest strict win rate, but these are the teams that are getting both a ton of usage and consistently winning more often than not. Uh, correct, yes. So basically, like a great way to use this is to say, okay, here, what are the, uh, the the groups of four that are doing really well? And then you can look at those top teams to say, what are the, the, the additional two that they're bringing in and maybe figure out why, you know? So it's like the group of four of Wellspring, Lando I, Ensign, and Fluttermane. It's like, all right, so you have a sort of a fire, water, grass core. And then, all right, then you get a dragon and a steel type with King Gambit and Latias, or you get... A, a, a true grass type and a dragon type in Raging Bolt and Rillaboom, and then just sort of go down from there. Um, or when you look at more popular Pokemon of Rillaboom, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, Fluttermane, and Incineroar, you're like, all right, what else does it need? Well, it needs Tailwind, and there's um, Tornadus. Oh, it needs another damage dealer or another bulky thing. Oh, there's Lando Eye or Raging Bolt. So it's like, this helps you to sort of begin that team building process as well as know what to look out for. Mm -hmm. So... Do you guys think that, you know, looking at these looking at these groups of four, if we kind of separate it of like obviously Instant and Fluttermane are the top one, like the, the top pairings that we're seeing. Do you think that that's going to continue to be the case that those two are going to be the top, like at the top of usage moving forward as they sort of have been from a lot of these major tournaments, both being routinely at over 50, maybe even 55% usage rates on the online uh december charts uh fluttermane was almost to 70 percent wow if you wait it to high ladder but i think that's that's not necessarily a thing of these these things are on or that, that there are identical compositions of six across the entire metagame it's that fluttermane does so many things well that when you think of a mon to do whatever you need it to do fluttermane is probably the thing you want it to do right if you need speed control you can use icy wind fluttermane if you want a whole lot of damage you can use like five different fluttermane sets if you need trick room apparently fluttermane can do that if you want calm mind boosting stuff fluttermane can do that like it's kind of like there are so many different things that it can do on so many different teams that a top mon gets gets top usage because of flexibility not just because it's really good at a specific thing it actually has to be very good at one thing and make sure that that thing can be used by a million different things across the metagame which is the same thing with incineroar like what else has fake out pivot move intimidate yep there's nothing else <laughs> yeah yeah nothing like that uh no <laughs> although if they were to give what is it any scrafty uh mm -hmm. or hitmontop parting shot that might be kind of cool but yep I think it's interesting. I can think of three steel types that are slowly like sleeper picks that are subtly rising in usage, which would be great counters to flutter, but they're all steel types. So it's perfect for Incineroar. It's just a really good combo. Yeah. And it's like, it's able to, we've talked about it before, but you know, why Incineroar is good for a meta is because it compresses so many different roles. So it allows you to, have other different variations of the teams that you want, which is which is great. Because I also think what's what's nice too is that 
because of the buffs to like inner focus and um oblivious intimidate on incineroar isn't so oppressive as it has been so you can still have like you know entei be very popular or metagross or dragonite because they're not just can be now they're not they're not just being intimidate spammed over and over and over again mm -hmm. so that allows for things like okay well we need something to be able to deal with incineroar and that's where lando i comes from or we need something to be able to resist incineroar and that's where raging bolt like you know sort of helps out so it's it's nice to be able to see that it is a Pokemon that people are, are using because you know that you have to be able to beat it. And I think that's very fair. And then you also have things like Wellspring Ogre Pond that gives a hundred a hundred base power, high crit, uh, you know, perfect accuracy water move that doesn't necessarily, it doesn't hurt to be intimidated, especially when you tear into it. So it's like, there's a bunch of different ways to be able to handle it. And I think that's that's good. For people to remember that it's yes there's going to be a lot of incineroar but that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing because mm -hmm. i mean if you if you use incineroar Rillaboom, urshifu and then you stick on your favorite pokemon you can probably do fine in this format right i could i could probably use dugong with those three and be fine or i could use a <laughs> two cannon with those three and probably be fine true <laughs> true it's reached that point you know where it is like that is that that's that's the meta that's the core and you build around it i think that's mm -hmm. that's okay well I'll, go I'll, ahead Tim. Uh, thanks uh i'll point out that one of the most popular counters to incineroar fluttermain is landorus eye which we see in that top core of four mm -hmm. because it has the uh earth power for incineroar it has sludge bomb if it decides to tear a grass as well as Sludge Bomb for Fluttermane. If it Terra Fairies, yeah. And for Rillaboom as well. And, and, for Rillaboom, Earth, yeah. and Earth Power can actually, from like a modest Land of Y, can snipe Urshifus if they are not bulked to live it. Mm -hmm. As well as uh, hitting Raging Bolt super effectively. Yeah, it really is. And like it's. And that's why we're seeing it on those double genie teams because it's able to, especially with sheer force. I mean, it just does a ton of damage. So, sure, maybe you don't get the spadef drop on Earth Power, but like that's fine. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's it's neat to be able to to, to see that come up because we sort of saw Lando I was popping up towards the end of Regulation E. <laughs> and then it just really carried over in full force into Regulation F because Again, it just it just handles the current meta very well. And speaking of other meta things, on uh, our handy dandy top teams thing, there is a significant drop in score <laughs> for this team of six. <laughs> on the little scoring thing, it goes from like two eighty four to one thirty one. <laughs> but our uh, but our top five uh, team of six is actually a psy spam team. Uh, with Chiyu, Iron Crown, Tornadus, Lando I, Ndidi Female, and Urshifu Water. So I think Il's point about Lando I being really helpful into the standard balance core makes ton of sense when you're using it on other teams. Mm -hmm. Right? This is a Psy Spam team. Psy Spam hates Incineroar. It hates Rillaboom because Incineroar just resists Psychic or is immune to Psychic. And then uh, Lando and then uh, Rillaboom resets your terrain. Well, Lando I kills both of them thankfully. So you can actually plan for a goal throughout the 
mid game is to get those guys down so that you can sweep in the end with size span. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have Chi Yu, who's basically, you know, <laughs> like it's like every regulation Chi Yu gets worse somehow. But Chi Yu is there to just dish out a whole bunch of damage against other steel types that that psychic types hate against other Rillabooms, others, you know, multiple checks to the mons that you hate. So I think it's really cool that one, size spam is relevant again, because a lot of balance cores do get eaten up by psychic by uh, expanding force. Um, but two, that you still see like similar tools on these teams to help with the same problems, right? You have an anti, you know, the meta counter of Lando I, you have fire counter of Urshifu water. But then that is all to help out your main core idea of click expanding force and, and win. Yeah, and this is a like we are in the realm of uh Psy Spam is not a trick room team. You nope. know, like where we are used to seeing uh Hatterene, NDD, and you sort of like you go from there and that's how you set it up. But no, this is like we're setting up Tailwind. We are following me, and then we are going to hit you with Iron Crown. And that thing is what 98 base speed, so it is just faster than uh Urshifu, depending on, you know, no no choice scarf. Um mm -hmm. I will point out out there and you know it's good. Sorry, I'll I'll interrupt for a second. Uh Zardines, the player that uh placed fourth in the Tommy Tuesday Christmas tour mm -hmm. with the uh Iron Crown's uh Psy spam team. Mm -hmm. The Indeedy, uh you weren't keen about it not being a trick room team. The Indeedy is not even running trick room as yep. like an option. Yep. It's a helping hand. Uh, was it helping hand dazzling gleam follow me and protect with the rocky helmet? So it's like you don't need a, a level, you don't need a uh, five star Terra NDD for, for that one. Although I think it learns trick room now, which is cool, but yeah, it learns a trick room yeah. as a um, a yeah. TM now. But I like this team a lot though, this Sardines team because it's got this. I mean, it's got the torn, the torn Shifu with Lando, um, specs Chi Yu, which I've used in the past, and it's just so incredibly strong. It looks it looks very fun. I totally see why it does well, and it could. I think it could work well on a ladder to, too, because it has several different leads that you have to be able to prepare for. Okay, uh, did we talk about this main team with Latias and King Gambit yet? Yeah, we talked about it. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure because yeah. that's like that's one of the the big ones that that came out early. I do also think that Entei is worth talking about. Because it's kind of coming in as a little bit of the new addition to Pow Knight, because of the fact that it also gets inner focus, it also gets Terra Normal Extreme Speed. If you want, you can run it with Assault Vest, and you can get things like Snarl. You can get, you know, Sacred Fire is just a very, very good move on it. Although it, it does miss every once in a while, but Stab Fire that doesn't result in recoil damage is always very nice. And, with a fifty percent um, chance to burn, yeah, and like that's that's huge because flare blitz is what like ten or twenty percent chance to burn or something, ten percent, ten percent. So it's it's able to to do that, and yes, it it loses out on the attack with only like what one fifteen versus one thirty, I think, which is Dragonite. So it's that's true, but it's faster than Dragonite, and you're still getting the sort of ruin buff or uh, I guess you know, debuff to your opponent, so it's still able to do sizable damage and mono fire is good so it's like i'd I like to see ente shining in this early meta stage 
you were talking about how Incineroar kind of uh, amalgamates a lot of different roles, which frees up a lot of the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. And Entei definitely seems to be a perfect combination of Dragonite and Tisui and Arcanine. Yeah, especially with that with the AV Starl stuff, mm -hmm. it it still fulfills that Incin role of checking size spam because, oh, <laughs> I hate that thing <laughs> with a passion because you know you can set Trick Room or whatever, but you don't have a safe switch into into the stuff in your in the back because it's going to keep clicking Starl until something goes down or Trick Room is over. Right? There's no good option for the size spam player to to click. Because um, normally you would have, you know, you can make a hard read and be like, cool, I got you on the one term, you don't click it. And you're like, why wouldn't I <laughs> sit here clicking Snarl the entire time until you force me to not to? Um, which, but it, uh, like y'all said, it was also, it, it, yeah, it's just a good fire type in case you don't need, or in case you have a bad King Gambit matchup. So now King Gambit and Annihilate for other Defiant Mons can't necessarily be like, oh, I beat your fire type right. on Team Preview. Some of the other ones that I think are worth pointing out, uh, the team that is in sixth place here that features Reggie Steel. So the Reggies are back in Regulation F. You just haven't seen much of Reggie Gigas, which is, you know, maybe somewhat surprising, I suppose. But Reggie Steel is incredibly strong with its sky high defenses, both special and physical. Body press on Registeel is very strong. So just a standard set of heavy slam, body press, iron defense, and protect with clear body can set up quickly and just steamroll through you. This team in particular also features Cresselia, Lando I, Incineroar, Rillaboom, and Ursula <laughs> Rapid Strike. So there's that, you know, fire, water, grass core of the of the physical attackers. There's your Lando Eye for, you know, Fluttermane for Incineroar, what have you. And then Crest to be able to set Trick Room if you need to and just do other supportive type things with Lunar Blessing and just let Iron Defense run rampant. Do you guys think the Registeel is here to stay or it's kind of just one of those like people aren't ready for it, so it's it's doing well now? I think it has a lot of potential. It wasn't on this exact team, but we did see Robbie place third with it in the Tommy Tuesday Christmas tour. And looking at this team, we can see that this exact team got ninth in the same tour, as well as 17th and 19th in the recent VGC Trainer School tournament. So it is one of those Pokemon that... I think it might just need to find the right team composition to really thrive, but it's not going to be a staple of the meta. Yeah, I think it's kind of like Komo'o to me in that it's a good setup Pokemon, but you don't need a solid setup Pokemon to thrive in this metagame. Mm. Right? It's an option, not a necessity. Right. Um, and especially because it's a transfer-only Pokemon, it's 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 really not a necessity. <laughs> so like, I'm not expecting Registeel to have like, you know, 10% usage on day two or whatever, anytime soon, but you know, like a two to 3%, you know, do a lot of, do a few top players use it. Sure. Do a few top players make it to day two with it, or even maybe a top cut here and there. Sure. I don't think it's going to be like this new big meta threat that we all have to fear just because like, it, it's weak to Lando I, and if you blow the terror early on in the match, 
it's kind of Dunsky's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think that does speak to our earlier point that like you can do fire, water, grass, plus maybe a Lando I or a Latias, and then kind of choose whatever mode that you want to aside from that, right? There's a lot of substitutions for like the balance part of a team, but then the like, I want to innovate, I want to game in different ways. That's what those extra two or three slots at the end of these teams are becoming, which I think is where we're going to see a lot more of the diversity rather than in like different complete six mon teams. It's like, oh, we have a different set of three attached to this standard core, which might get boring for some people, but I think is super interesting. Yeah, I think it's, I think it is interesting because I mean, like it's, it can, it can be a slower pace game for sure, but I don't know. I think that when you see something that's like big and bulky like that, that can kind of like just snowball out of control quickly, it's kind of impressive to see it happen, you know? So let's talk real quick about the VGC trainer school open as it was ours. And so we did see 494 teams, which is pretty crazy, nearly 500 for an online tour, you know, full regulation F and it had some really interesting inf- like stats from it. So I want to call out the the top five. So this is looking at all of the teams. Fluttermain at 59%, Incineroar at 58%. Then a crater to Urshifu Rapid Strike at 36, Rillaboom at 35, Lando I at 33. So it's just it's it's kind of interesting to see the you know nearly two mon like two mons at nearly 60%, and then just drop off of 12% usage to to the next one. And it kind of just goes to show when you look at the, uh, you know, like some of the the top teams that that we saw, it was just like, this was like the group of four. I mean, the group of four was still there with the fire, water, grass plus flutter main or fire, water plus torn um, flutter main where it was also very popular. So it's like, it makes me curious, you know, the, or like it just shows that Fluttermane Ensign can fit on kind of any team at this point, and then you just fill in the rest. Except for uh, the dude who got second in our tour, mm-hmm. who had kind of an annoying four Pokemon that we've usually seen in the past. So Chien, Pao, Dragonite, uh, Poundite stuff, and then Dondozo and Tatsugiri, which if you've been in Scarlet and Violet for any amount of time, you know those two are a headache if you don't have a mat- matchup. Um, but we have Glamora and Grass Ogre Pond. That is not a sprite mistake because Lab Mouse does not make sprite mistakes. That is Grass <laughs> Ogre Pond with Defiant and Covert Cloak. Um, and if you looked at the team closely, you would see that uh, the Glamora has Meteor Beam and Power Herb and then Sludge Bomb, Mortal Spin, Spiky Shield, so like normal Toxic Debris stuff. And then the Ogre Pond has Super Power and Follow Me and uh the grass ivy cudgel so between the two of them they can snipe uh ensign rillaboom urshifu um they can snipe flutter mains after they go terra fairy they can snipe lando eyes they can snipe a whole lot of like very 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 common stuff that is often used for dozo matchups or as as anti-dozo techs because if y'all are not aware uh urshifu rapid strike with mystic water terra water and rain up can two hit KO Dondozo? <laughs> hmm. I want, I want, I want you to hear that again. That's wild. 
Urshifu Water with a bunch of multipliers can two-hit KO a water Pokemon with like 150 HP and 100 something defense. It's Ugh. nuts. Um, so Olamac has a uh, Rocky Helmet Dondozo to make sure that I love that. Uh, all six hits will definitely take out Urshifu by the end of it. But it goes to show you, again, it's a similar kind of team of you have two Mons that can clearly answer most of the metagame. So like a Lando Eye on another team or a Latias on another team. Here it's Glamora plus Ogre Pond. And then you have the rest of the team that's designed to either counter the checks or to counter game plans that are going on. So if you're looking, if you're thinking, hey, what's like a super counter meta kind of team going into Portland and you don't have a team yet, I would definitely get Olamax uh open team sheet and start running it now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you will catch people off guard, you will surprise people, and you might be able to make day, day two just because of it. It's really cool. I, I I like the Rocky helmet a lot. I think that that's a neat um change to uh to the team. And Ogre Pun with the Defiant and Covert Cloak so it can't get flinched with superpower. It is just designed that it says, I'm uh, I'm weak to Incineroar's Flare Blitz, but I'm just going to destroy it anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that is the cool thing about you know that Ogre Pun is it, it, its item can be whatever you want it to be, you know? Uh, while you still get the speed boost, which is great, because then that can come in handy, you know, whenever whenever you need it, if you need like a little bit just a little bit more speed to be able to do something, do some damage. All right. But I think obviously we need to talk about, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, uh, Giulio. Yes. 97, who went 15-0 undefeated in this tournament wow. with Volcarona. That's wild. Yeah, they have safety goggles, Insin, uh, lefties Volcarona with Quiver Dance, Choice Scarf, Urshifu Rapid Strike, uh, choice specs flutter main with its standard three attacks and icy wind citrus berry amongus and av fake out iron hands uh with wild charge heavy slam and drain punch as well i mean volcarona is very interesting being able to just like set up a quiver dance based on support from either rage powder or fake out um which you can get from two different options if you don't want to necessarily worry about it like an intimidate brock on defiant or competitive or something like that and flamethrower giga drain is always nice coverage and then terra type dragon just good defense so with quiver dance it can set up very quickly this is yeah this is a really neat team i noticed something and some other people have uh, pointed it out as well that incineroar really helped volcarona for usage because when you're building a team you want to build with a fire water grass core and you don't usually uh, with the exception on this team they have two fire types but quite often you don't have more than one fire type and so a lot of people that were running heatran are now running incineroar causing heatran's usage to plummet and heatran was a huge wall against volcarona and now that it's gone volcarona can kind of uh, find a niche that's a good point i also like with this incineroar it's safety goggles but also terra grass because knockout is so prominent and so prevalent that it's like okay if i absolutely need to i can also just terra grass in addition to getting the you know the defensive buff for um you know water attacks and ground as well but this incident has helping hand it does not have knockoff it's just flare blitz so that's also kind of neat to be able to see that because 
it's able to really help a lot of, you know, well, Corona, Urshifu, Fluttermane, and even Iron Hands to be able to do just a little bit more damage that it may not have been able to do so otherwise. Yeah, Helping Hand is really low in usage on Incineroar at the moment, with it usually running Fake Out, Flare Bloods, Parting Shot, Knock Off. Right. But uh, that is, uh, it just learned it in this generation as a very cool niche pick if uh if the situation allows for it yeah because like knockoff is cool you you can get good damage out of it but you don't necessarily need to and it's like if you're going to be doing even more damage with a helping hand boost then that might be the way to go anything else that you guys wanted to bring up before we kind of just talk about our thoughts overall and what we think we might be seeing in portland uh, there's also an Archaludon rain team. We have the big bridge that I personally think is overrated, but whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we have, it, it got 10th in our tournament. Archaludon has like some scattered results across some other tournaments. It's recently been getting better, but not that great. Um, but what's cool is that Akon has this rain balance team with Urshifu Water, Archaludon, Pelipper, Amoongus, Ensign, Chienpao. Which, if you remember from Worlds, and Sempra got had like fit, got like fifth place with his rain balance team. If you swap out the Iron Hands for an Ensign and swap out the Goldango for Archaludon, you have the same team, right? So it's a good example of hey, I want to make a substitution on great teams from past formats with these new Pokemon, and if I just skill my way through the matchups, then it's fine. So I think if you're if you're looking to use the bridge, it might be you can use it on uh like Urshifu, Tornadus, Tailwind teams, and you could also look at it with these more rain balancey teams as well. Yeah, I'm I'm curious where Archaladon's gonna fall. Because it's like I don't know. I just don't think that it has the best the, the best stats for what I kind of wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, and it suffers like the same same issue that Duraladon had with just that super low special defense and it's like stamina is a really cool ability to be able to give to it uh steel dragon is always a, a good typing yeah it's kind of funny i almost never see its new signature attack um used but maybe that's just because i'm not running into like the the actual rain teams mm -hmm. but uh more so like i i just got white from a uh, mousehold beat up team earlier today that <laughs> well that's just a gg i don't know what i can do about that uh <laughs> but i'll be i'll be i'm hoping i'm hopeful that it does something because it's like it'd be neat to see but i just don't think it lasts for too long i yeah. think while well, you're bringing up the uh rain team with art charlie or uh i think we one new pokemon we overlooked is the new Walking Wake, which isn't new, but now he's actually available, uh, who's primarily been in Sun teams. He's been doing decent, but nothing super noteworthy. It was doing really bad at first. It was like 30-something percent win rates <laughs> at <Yeah>. first. <laughs> it's slowly climbing better, but it's still hovering in the 30-40% win rate, <laughs> unfortunately. Sun is just kind of struggling this gen. If Sun was a lot better, uh, then it would absolutely be everywhere. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny. Like I, It's almost like I see... I've seen Sunny Day on some of the rental teams that have been sent out, and it's almost like you're using it defensively at that point. 
mm-hmm. to like stop Urshifu. Like you're not like people aren't running Sun because they're running Sun teams. They're running Sun to be able to stop Torn Shifu. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's just make some like not necessarily full on predictions, but just some what are what are some things that you think we that we've talked about today or t- this evening that you think that we're going to see in Portland? Like, do you think that these, these teams are going to be the compositions that we see? Do you think there's going to be any surprises? Um, do you think that the team that wins doesn't have a reg F or like have a new mon on it? I don't think that's the case, but I'm just curious what you, what you guys are sort of thinking about going into Portland or even just interested to see. I think a lot of these teams that we're currently seeing as the top compositions of like five and six, I think we're definitely going to be seeing a majority of players running similar teams. I think that one interesting sleeper pick that could be around, and we'll probably see one or two make day two, would be Orthworm with uh, being immune to Sludge Bomb and Earth Power from Lando I. Oh. And you do the whole Shed Tail into a multi-scale Dragon Dance uh, Dragonite thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And just wipe up teams because fun fact, if you are if you have a substitute up, your substitute will use the current HP and defense or the current defense stats, but not the HP of the Pokemon that's behind the substitute, and it includes multi-scale. So you have to do twice the amount of normal of damage to take out a Dragonite with multi-scale behind a substitute. So you gotta do like 50% damage to it, basically. Yep. That's wild. Yep. Which means you are getting a free dragon dance off and you have I'll have you have a win con in the end game against uh Lando I if you don't Terra the Orthform. So you're basically playing a four V three at that point. That's pretty cool. Because then you uh I was just gonna say, uh you know how we were saying that Entei is basically uh Dragonite and Tissue and Arcanine combined? Mm-hmm. You remember when Dragonite was running Earthquake beside Orthworm? Yes. And like we've few, yeah, we've seen a few Entei now running Bulldoze beside yep. Orthworm. I saw that as well. Great. That's really and neat. That's really neat. Bulldoze Entei was the bane of my existence in like Calyrex <laughs> formats or whatever. It was... <laughs> yeah, because it's got the speed to be able to do it. And then like... And like the cool thing is because of the fact that it's just purely a moon, it's also not getting the speed, like the speed drop. So mm-hmm. Orthworm's able to... Which is like way faster than you expect it to be so you're able to actually get those body presses off or those heavy slams off before other pokemon that wouldn't anticipate that being the case Mm -hmm. okay i have three short hot takes okay okay clefairy barigaraf and reggie drago clefairy because we were kind of seeing clefairy pop up at the at, at the end of reg e um, but Clefairy messes messes with so many damage calcs because a friend guard, all of your um, you know slight adjustments or like guaranteed okos or whatever are just thrown at, way into two eight into two hit KO range, mm-hmm. or your two hit KOs become three hit KOs, no questions asked. If you stack Life Dew on top of that, which not all of them run, but some of them do, uh, you get you you have even more of your damage calcs thrown off. If you use Helping Hand, all of a sudden you're defensive calcs are thrown off because you were not expecting a helping hand boosted earth power or grassy glide or whatever um it can use icy wind to throw off all your speed calcs um it can use sing to you know on the turns where it would do nothing anyways 
55% of the time, it can just win the game by putting something random to sleep. It's a very annoying little gremlin. Yeah. And I think people will actually try to use it because it's not really showing up on these limitless tours so far, but I think it has real, it is a real um, chance at the higher level in, in Portland and Ferrigarath because there's so much priority stuff going on um, that if you block priority and you have some kind of balance matchup, you can basically game all you want under trick room or out of trick room with it. And then Reggie Drago, because I think we've talked about that there's tons of dragon types in the format. You know, there's maybe one steel mon, maybe two steel mons per team. But other than that, it's still the clear up the flutter main, clear out the steel type, and then sweep it at the end. It's a very high skill cap Pokemon. It's a very high skill for Pokemon. Um, but I think there's going to be some people making deep runs with Reggie Drago at Portland. So... So when I was working on this new top teams page, I was originally doing the last 30 days rather than the last two weeks. And I changed that because uh, going back that far, we had some regulation E tournaments and I didn't want that to skew the data too heavily. I wanted to stick to regulation F so people could use this to prepare for Portland. But when it was the past 30 days, uh, there was absolutely a Reggie Drago team in number one for the top teams because it just was absolutely dominant throughout the end of Regulation E. So I could absolutely see some people who were comfortable with, with eh, comfortable running it in Regulation E, just making a few small adjustments and bringing it to Regulation F in Portland. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think because th those are all very, very good takes. I, I like that as well. I, I think Ferrograph definitely is is going to be is going to be very prominent because just every team has priority at this point. I think for me, it's going to be, I think Spam makes a very strong case because mm -hmm. I think that there's just something to running, you know, like the new, like the new stuff. And this is also like, it's a fast Spam now. It doesn't necessarily need to be, like the the slow dedicated trick room sort of thing it's like no we're going to we're going to set up a tailwind and we're going to use expanding force and it's going to be a very strong attack so i wouldn't be surprised to see at least one psi spam team if not two in in the top 8 because i think that it's extremely viable and it works even in a best of 3 because of the fact that there's at least with the team that we were looking at, there's several different leads that you can have. So when you're playing matchup or like lead roulette with your opponent, it can really put you on your back foot unless you have dedicated answers and lines into handling something like that. And yes, I know that Rillaboom exists, but as long as you're able to figure out a way around that, such as Specs Chi Yu or maybe Heatran or, you know, Ogre Pond Hearth Flame or something like that, you're able to remove one of the biggest threats. And I think that. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Psy Spam makes a pretty decent run. Maybe not an overall showing, but is a contender in, you know, day two and beyond. I think it uh, definitely has a lot more potential than Armadidi teams have in the past, which hurts to say because I've mm -hmm. loved running Armourouge and Didi. But the combination of six that we're seeing in the top five teams here looks like a solid core and definitely has some good potential if run by the right player. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up because it's getting a little bit long. So let's do that. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. I'm, I know that we're all very excited to see what happens this coming weekend. 
So please let us know if you want to send us an email uh, to VGC trainers school pod or trainer trainer school podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what some of your early reg F experience has been, you know, some Pokemon that you're using or some teams that you've run into, or just like some of your, uh, you know, funny stories that have popped up such as losing to mousehold Archaladon. Um, and I hope everyone has a fen- phenomenal rest of your week and weekend and good luck with your endeavors. Say our goodbyes. Start with you, John. Please don't repeat Portlandia. <laughs> and Tim? Happy New Year's, guys. Hope that uh, you can become the strongest soldier of something for 2024. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Class dismissed. Thank you.